have to say. And we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so I, I, we, we did talk about um, faith. And I, I, was, I had two titles. <laughs> I thought about calling it cheesy faith. <laughs> or does your faith have holes in it? I know. It's an old joke, right? So anyway, <laughs> you decide which one you want to call it. Yeah, but uh, does your faith have holes in it? Because we need to understand that, that um, when we are seeking God for things or seeking him for opportunities or, uh, you know, uh, things that we need anything that we need sometimes it can be a spiritual need a change in us sometimes is what we need and so <clears throat> all of these things are appropriated by faith there is nothing you receive from God that you get any other way it has to be by faith you you received Christ when you received Christ in your heart you you received him by faith there's a way that that happens it comes with the expression of your mouth and your desire uh, to receive Christ, turn away from your wicked ways, you know, and and uh, and walk in the way that pleases God. And so, when we began this journey, it began with faith, and it must continue with faith. Uh, throughout the epistles, you'll see the challenge to the believer to stay with faith and no God, not go back to the works remember circumcision and all those things that they had to do under the law the challenge was to stay with faith and not go back to what's comfortable that is the flesh in the law and so when we come into the life of faith then you have the freedom in God you know there's such great freedom in faith you don't have to be born into a certain pedigree you don't have to have a certain anything you just can everybody whosoever will can and so whoever will hear the sound of God's voice and respond to it by faith can receive all that faith can avail them it, it's a wonderful thing it, it's you can cut out your life any way you want to as long as you're pleasing to God and you can do anything that your faith tells you is able to accomplish as long as you're pleasing God and I think that's a wonderful thing it just breaks all traditional barriers it breaks all um, uh, sense of uh, lack can't accomplish won't ever amount to all of that stuff if you will pick up the life of of faith you will find that there is great freedom there to cut out your own future in God and, and so that's the great thing about faith you know during Jesus time you know he got criticized for the people he hung around with and it was because his faith was able to draw the whosoever's but the faith of the Pharisees kept most people out see and then very few people were ever pleasing to the religious system and it's the truth now you know I mean there are certain places that you and I can't go because we're not welcome you know I mean because they they just have a certain idea of what they believe somebody who serves God should be like look like act like dress like talk like etc etc and so when you take up the life of faith you will find that it will take you places 
places you never thought you would be before because you're free to follow God and to obey God and to do whatever God puts in your heart to do it's just all open for you so it's a great life the life of faith so in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it gives us our definition of faith and it says that faith is substance uh-huh. faith is substance I call it spiritual materiality <laughs> for lack of a better word you know this is some spiritual material uh, it cannot be seen we understand that but it can be perceived because it has substance so anything that's real can be perceived on some level so faith is perceived on a spiritual level remember Jesus could see faith he could sense faith and, and he still does when you're in Christ you can sense faith you can sense a substance inside of you that's telling you you're going the right way or telling you what you're believing is real and it's done by that substance called faith so we know that faith then is tangible in the spiritual realm it's substantial has substance to it and it's substantial it's weighty because it comes from the glory of God it's part of the spirit of God so there is a weight to your faith and so we we need to understand that faith is not a wish it's not a hope it's not something false but it's very real and so it's the substance of things hoped for so the things that you hope to possess or you hope to happen in life are made up of your faith see they're manufactured by your faith so if you could say faith is so like a a spiritual uh, putty or clay from which your house your boat your car your spouse hello uh, is <laughs> is formed from then you know that it's substance there whenever you're believing God it's not like a, a an empty wish it has some weight to it so it's real and the reason it has weight is because it is real out in the realm we call glory and glory is where it is for a reason so that God can manage what you are asking for and deliver it to you exactly the way the word says it's going to come to you so it's not damaged broken flaws faults anything it's manufactured in the realm called glory so that we're able to receive it exactly the way the word says it's supposed to come and God will do exceeding and abundantly beyond all that we ask or think but these things have to be conceived by God that's why faith is not a whim it's not whimsical oh I just had a thought you know that kind of thing these things are are planned out you know you you all know that by now and so God will will, will, um, use our faith mixed with his to manufacture the things that we hope for and they are real out in glory they are being made as you speak as you pray as you thank God for them those things are being constructed for you so that you can attain them they're out in glory number one so the devil can't mess with them huh? and they're out in glory so that we can't mess with them huh? 
Because usually, if you know, if, if we could keep messing with it, we kind of mess it up a little bit, huh? We don't have enough chrome. I wanted fifteen. I wanted big rims. I them little rims and you know all that kind of stuff we keep adding to and then taking away adding to and taking away and so God is able to uh, understand what we desire because he examines our heart not our emotions and our minds but he examines our hearts and so from our hearts we're able to have the things that we desire now it takes if uh, faith is what empowers us to attain to the things that we desire or attain to what God has for us. So another way of putting it. Faith also causes us to please God. And that's very important. Faith causes us to please God. So whenever you're expressing your faith. He smiles at you. Huh? If you withhold your faith he's not pleased. So always express your faith. You know I, I always talk about faith projects that I have going on in my life I've, I've disciplined myself to always have some project going where I exercise my faith for something you know it's if it's a, a favor uh, to get a, a, an estimate a lower estimate on something or to get something that you know doesn't cost as much or a miracle here and there I always exercise my faith because I've, if I don't it won't grow so it will be the same level it was when I started if I don't keep it in the loop of exercising it and making sure that I'm using my faith so I can please God. When we go out to achieve things without him we don't please him. That's not pleasing. Because usually what we come back with is going to cost more for the damage control and the repair of it and so forth rather than trusting God with it and stepping out in faith in God it's very important to pray first listen to the word get your faith built up so that you'll have success in it there's a a, a, a I guess you could say uh, uh, steps or, or a pattern that you have to develop in your life to make sure you're using your faith and that it's the, of the strength that it's going to bring in what you desire. And it's not just natural things. So Psalm 37.4 tells us also one other way to receive from God and to get your heart's desire so that you can live a joyful life and a life that's that you want and a life that's pleasing to you. So in Psalm 37 I always love this psalm because it it hits so many areas of life. You know, it ministers in so many different ways. Uh, begins in in verse one. It says, "Don't fret yourself because of evildoers." In other words, don't let your foot slip when you view the prosperity of the wicked, because their stuff will not last. You get yours from God. What you get, what God does, lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Whatever he gives you, whatever you pray for, you'll have that until you're ready to trade it in for something better. You know, I mean, if you take care of it. Now, there's there's some some effort on our part uh, that, but I, I've never owned a, a car that somebody didn't want to offer me money for when I was ready to get something else. You know, I, I I'm I was able to understand that that was a sizable investment and in how to keep it up. And so and when my husband was alive he, he taught me those trust me now he, he didn't did a whole lot for 
for the kid up in here you know we triple a and you know he's, he is what i paid him for to do this stuff you know call a tow guy whatever but he taught me how to make sure that my vehicle was kept in good working condition he did not allow me to go without the oil change and you know i had to get the sticker and show him i got it done and you know that kind of thing <laughs> and now you know y'all, y'all know for a fact now the brother wasn't he wasn't up under the hood he <laughs> he'd asked me for a manicure in a minute you understand what i'm talking about one of them kind of brothers but god bless him he took care of everything so and he taught me how to be responsible same thing with our house if something was broken it got fixed immediately you know you know you didn't sit you know if a, a knob came off something you put it right back on or if you didn't know how you got somebody out to do it you kept things up because they can easily fall apart around you if you don't take care of them so there's common sense maintenance in things if you want to get your money back out of it and, and you know so forth and so on and so these are things that that we I was able to do so that I could make sure that that investment was protected and that's the way God wants us to be down here on the earth he makes sure that when he gives us something it's high quality and he will instruct us on how to care for it and provide the financial resources to do it all you may not see them all the time or you may think it's not there but if you'll petition God you'll find it's there you know we had all these major repairs on on our vehicles they all like everything came through at one time that needed to be done and and I received at least two miracles on that one bus you know you know they gave us a bus and we had to take parts out of it and put it in our bus but by the same token the gentleman that did all the work he said well I I just want to bless your your church and and took almost a thousand dollars off the bill you got me and so it but it's these things are done by faith now if i were to sit back and wonder it's the worst thing in the world you can do as a child of god is sit back and wonder well how is this you don't know how it's going to happen and you don't need to know how it's going to happen and you don't have the resources for it anyway but you can petition the one who does you got a father up there who owns everything you know talk to him he's got resources trust me he does and they're not where we can see them all the time no no i'm not one of these people who just goes and makes a lot of bills by faith that's not faith that's foolishness you're just presuming that god's there but if you you spend time with him you get have it get it from the word you get the word in you and that word is moving you to step out and do these things then you know that god's with you and he will come for you and he will help you to accomplish all of these things so he says fret not yourself because of evil doers you get your mind off of focusing on God and start focusing on the Joneses and the Smiths and the you know whoever else you got next door to you you'll lose it he says because they'll soon be cut down like the grass you don't want to do that you don't want to be in that bunch you want to last forever he said but trust in the Lord and do good if you do good if you trust in God and do good well that's all he says you shall dwell in the land and truly you shall be fed it says also delight yourself do do better than just a little bit of service to god let god be your delight delight yourself 
also in the Lord. And he will give you the the desires of your heart. Hmm? And what does it mean when, when, when we delight ourselves in the Lord? When we are, are less than delighted in God, that's when our faith becomes fractured. See, If you live in the highest place you can in God, delighting yourself in God. In other words, whatever God says in his word, you respond to it appropriately, you hide it in your heart. David said that how I delight in your law you know I mean just reading the word can give you reassurance and can give you comfort and and give you hope and all of those things if you'll turn to him in your time of need you know I mean there's there's nothing that you don't find a remedy for in the word of God nothing. I don't care what it is that comes against you. The answer is always there. And the, the comfort and the security will always come to you when you seek God in his word. I was um, uh, Jasmine, you know, my, my little grandniece, eight years old. And uh, she was having uh, cold symptoms this week. And, and, you know, it's not like her to just be flat, you know. So it went a couple of days and she wasn't feeling much better. And uh, so, you know, of course she stays over with with my sister, Pastor Shirley, when when she's not feeling good. You know, they just always want to be over Gigi's. When they're feeling good, they're there. When they're not feeling good, they're over Gigi's house. And so uh, I was... was, uh, talking to her over the phone and and uh, she had had a fever the night before but it had broken you know and so uh, I was telling her I said Jasmine I sent Gigi a scripture yes where is it where is it and so she found it on Pastor Shirley's phone and she read it and she said Gigi what is this is this right you know and she told her what she was getting out of it and so forth and so on and I'm thinking little children know how to respond to God's word I mean your spirit just knows when help is coming and how that help is going to come and it was the midweek encouragement scripture so she got encouraged and she knew that God was going to heal her she keeps prayer cloths all over her body huh yeah, she just just everywhere, and and so uh, you know she's reaching out to God though. That's faith, folks. That's faith. That's that's nothing to take lightly. But you can put your children in faith like that, where they go for what God has first and foremost, and they trust in that. And that's a good thing. They'll never be disappointed when they hope in God. You'll never be disappointed when your hope is in God and so we need to know that if we are less than delighted in God our faith can become fractured or have holes in it or or not be substantial enough to do the job we want it to do you know to pull in the resources to pull in the the uh, 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 things that we need for life and for godliness you know it's a fractured faith if it's if it's not delighting in the Lord sometimes we believe and sometimes we don't you know it depends sometimes on the mood that we're in you know you can go along in faith for a season and you can get weary in in well doing or 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 what you feel to be well doing i always look at it this way i don't care what you've done to to uh, uh express your faith in god you can always do more you can do it louder stronger harder <laughs> you know it is not pulling it in for you just do it more amen didn't Bartimaeus do that when he wanted 
to be healed and, and the ushers were telling him to shut up you know I call it bad ushering uh, when somebody's reaching out for God you encourage them you don't push them away and so they were telling them to shut up don't bother the master you know the armor bearers that's what they call them now you know don't miss don't touch the men of God you know that kind of stuff and you, you know you don't want to be like that you want to encourage people toward the, the one that can help them and so when when he found himself being pushed back he what did he do the bible says he cried all the more he got louder and he said i'm gonna get my miracle today y'all been pushing me around for years and i'm not gonna be pushed around anymore see that's what faith will do for you it'll help you leap over barriers leap over tradition leap over people leap over ushers leap over religion and tradition you leap over everything with your faith and then it becomes a a an a, a an issue of your relationship the relationship between you and god that's what it always is we just let other things get in the way you know you let people get in the way you let their attitudes get in the way why because you don't want to focus on relationship you know i think that's true many times we don't want to admit that we need to have a a stronger relationship with god we just want to live the way we want to live and believe our faith is going to work anyway but it won't and so then we start to understand you know what i got to tighten things up here i've got to get back to the place where god was my delight you understand and i got my focus i've been fretting because of evildoers and what they have you know and focused on the wrong thing it happens all the time you know and that's the enemy's uh one of his strategies against the believer is to keep us distracted from god or to lie on god he lies on god to us and lies on us to god huh this keeps a lot of stuff going all the time it reminds me you know certain kids yeah you ever have some kids that i used to it was a little girl on my street her name was Bobby and she had a sister named Nita and we used to kind of make fun of them they little skinny scrawny girls you know and you know just some kids are easy to pick on but she would just keep running back telling stories between people she kept confusion going on and you would tell her something and she'd run back and tell somebody you said that about them and that's the devil see he runs back runs before the throne room of god accusing us before god look at him look at him i told you they wouldn't go serve you if they didn't get this that and other huh? and so don't don't be one that that that's true about you know keep serving god like job said though he slay me So Job was was in a discussion with his wife. You know, he's down and out and you know, they've lost everything and she challenges him to curse God and die. Right. You got me? I don't know if they had good insurance or bad I you know what I'm saying. You just don't know about folks sometimes. I ain't gonna say nothing about the sister. 
But she should have been praying for the brother. You understand what I'm saying? Just trying to uphold him and help him. And what did he tell her? He said, you talk like some of them women over there that's worshiping idols. Some of them witches over there. What's your problem? He said, no. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Huh? And she shut up and left him alone. And that's what you do with the devil. When he comes to you and tells you God's not treating you right. You didn't get this and didn't get no. Though he slay me, yet will I trust. I'm not going back to serving you, devil. Amen. And I'm getting up from here because I've been here too long listening to you. And so you have to keep your faith active and your delight in God. Because he's your friend forever. You can have good Christian friends. They come and they go. All friends come and go. But God is going to be there for you forever. And so if you delight yourself in the Lord. It says here in verse 4. He will give you the desires of your heart. He'll give them to you. See, this is a problem sometimes with believers. We want to go get them ourselves. Uh What does it say? Say, he'll give it to you. He likes his kids to have manners. You don't go grabbing nothing. Huh? My mother was good at that. She would she taught us table manners. Whether you always used them or not, you got taught them. Huh? And you didn't go grabbing across somebody and grabbing extra and taking everything and dumping it on your plate. You know, you got a portion and pass the thing around till everybody got fed. And then if you wanted more, you could get more if there was more left. But you learned how to receive, how to share and how to be the kind of person that people wanted to be around. You got me? And so those things are true about God as well. He wants his children to have, you know, good spiritual manners. You know, let God bring these things to you. There's a season where your faith has developed those things. And and I always talk about the difference between green bananas and overripe ones. Overripe ones, you can always eat. The green ones will make you sick. And so that's what God wants. He wants us to have bananas at their right ripeness. So there is a right due season for everything that we ask from God. We can't play around and think we're going to just impulsively grab something. Because that's not faith. Faith is not an impulse. It's substance. And it it can be predicted almost when you're going to receive what it is you have from God. You can tell if you pay attention to your faith. You know the, the substance of it. You know when it's growing. You know when it's not quite adequate. When it's not quite adequate, then you go back to the word and get more faith. So faith requires the input of God's word. You must have God's word and God's promise for the season of something in order to receive it. So we can be exposed to the word without hearing it. Got me. You can be sitting there and it just not sink in. So you have to, the Bible says, incline your ear. You make a choice to hear the word. So we can be in an atmosphere where the word is being spoken. But we harden ourselves to it and, and disable our faith. Because when you shut your, 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 uh, hearing down toward God's word is because he ceased to be your delight see there's an issue there now I remember you can parents can can figure this out with your children 
You know, some of them will be attentive and listen and make eye contact and nod their heads and, you know, and, and get up and do what you tell them to do. Now, some of them old deceivers will nod their head and act like they're going to do it and go somewhere and play Nintendo, you know. But for the most part, you can tell when somebody's engaged in, in their listening and they're, they're, they've got, they've made a decision to receive and act on the word. It's not just to hear and to say yes and amen to it but it's also to incorporate it into your thinking and you get up and you act on it so you can be in an active in atmosphere where the word is being preached and it's been preached in power and and you know miracles are going on but you don't receive any of it and so it takes faith to please god and if he ceases to be our delight we will shut our hearts down to receiving the word See, and so you have to guard your heart the Bible says diligently because out of it the issues of life will flow so are you having a, a good things flowing in your life if you're having good things flowing in your life it's because you're delighting yourself in the Lord everything's good between you and God it's all good Galatians 5 6 tells you also that faith works by love it works in the atmosphere that's that's controlled by the Holy Spirit so we have to earnestly demonstrate our love to God in order to use his faith because it's his faith that we're using and once you put your faith in God then he gives you his faith to use you you relinquish yours and, and get a higher realm of faith that supernatural faith of God that's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen so we have to earnestly demonstrate our love for God in order to use his faith remember it's his faith you are using love keeps your faith strong mm-hmm. it's, it's vibrant it's alive it's ready to open doors for you it's ready to conquer obstacles that may present themselves before you uh, walking in love that means keeping short accounts with God you know if you're upset about something you repent and get right as they say get right with God real fast keep short accounts don't let your bill pile up you know don't get indebted to where you 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 know you you got this standing against you and that standing against you and all of that I remember being a new Christian I used to say God how come I'm the one that's always got to do so and so because I got a covenant with him to protect you know I wouldn't think of that now because at that time I didn't realize everything that I had if I would just obey those small things so to me now they're small things you know Uh, you know and, and you just get into the habit of being a forgiver and a lover instantly forgiving Loving, giving, forgiving, all of that, you know, comes with keeping, that's part of your delight in God. So you do things that please him. You do things that keep him close. You do things that don't offend him. It's everything for him. And then in turn, he takes care of you. You know, he takes care of what you need. And you, you, know, you know you can always get what you need from God. When we refuse to walk in love, then our faith is is got holes in it. It's a little cheesy. It's not substantial enough to pull in what we want. 
And therein is a frustration with people that say, well, I'm doing everything I know to do. Well, have you done dot, 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 or not? You understand what I'm saying? So you, you know your own personal checklist. And so many times it's, it's a, a failure of, of delighting in God. Understanding that He is the one you please. And because He's the one who's got to give you what you desire. And, and keeping that, that spiritual atmosphere where love prevails you know there may be things come to hinder it but your the love of god prevails over whatever it is that's coming to hinder it sometimes it's a bill that comes out of nowhere that that you didn't know you owed or you know some you know something went up utilities went up spiked up suddenly and you're a little short well the love of god will have to prevail over that you can't get in a snit about it and get upset about it and you know my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills that's what you prophesy to your bills you know you talk to them and tell them listen you're not gonna worry me because my daddy's got everything and I can get anything I need from him he said he supply all my needs and he won't fail me he cannot lie and he will not lie and he's a good God and that means he takes care of me and everything that I need and just begin to let that word flow out of you so that you're not hindered and bogged down and God ceases to be your delight remember back in the day when God did a little small thing as Cece says, when you had nothing, right. <laughs> he answered that prayer, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Remember when you had nothing? <laughs> God came and gave you something. You put a smile on your face when he answered that prayer, etc. I mean, those are the things that, that he still expects us to live in that kind of relationship with him. That's the best relationship to have, you know. I know when, when, when I was saved and my late husband wasn't, he would look at me sometimes and I would be so happy it didn't make him so mad <laughs> so you can have this too oh I don't know what you're talking about over there yeah 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 but he came to find out about it didn't he girlfriend of mine came up to the conference one time she said Bob isn't that Aubrey over there lifting holy hands in the sanctuary I said yeah girl that's him <laughs> I told him he could have it too <laughs> he said he didn't want it but he did huh so anyway, so but but we need to understand that love keeps your faith strong. Amen. It works in flimsy ways if you if you don't keep short accounts with God and with man. First commandment is love vertically. That's toward God and horizontally. That's toward people who are made in His image, and you please God that way. So simple. You know, it's really a simple thing to do. And so it's it's one of the ways that you show your delight in God. You're glad to do that. God, I'm glad to be a loving and forgiving person. I'm glad to be able to be someone who people can rely on to be in that place where they can feel comfortable around me and not uncomfortable. And so this kingdom principle is one that's that's uh, very very good to obey because faith works by love and if we'll walk in love your faith will always work you walk in the spirit it's easy to acquire answers from God favor from God blessings from God but if you walk in the flesh these things will not be available to you amen and so God <clears throat> wants us to delight in him John fourteen fifteen 
tells us, God says, if you, if you uh, love me, you'll keep my commandments. That means keep obeying them. I mean incorporate them into your life on purpose as a lifestyle and never deviate from it. No matter what comes against you, you don't deviate from obeying God's commandments. You're you're fair, you're honest, you're forthright, you're helpful, considerate. All of those things. That's that's what the commandments really say we're supposed to be like. And so God says, if you love me, show me that through keeping a lifestyle of obedience to me. You know, don't deviate from that. Because what we do consistently determines what kind of blessing we'll receive. It's the consistency of it. Sometimes we want to obey God for a season till we get what we want. Remember those days of immaturity? You thought you only had to do right for a minute and you got something from God and, and you just went on your merry fleshly way. But then we learned that you couldn't do that and still be blessed. And you realize God, man, God, you want me to do this all the time? Yes, he does. Huh? Yes, he does. So, commandments of God. The commandments of God really fall into three general categories. One are general commandments, which in you know entail what we call the golden rule: do unto others. You would have them do unto you. Don't slap nobody if you don't want to be slapped. That's really what that's. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's just the way it is. The, those commandments, the general ones, give us a sense of God's value system. So these are general commandments. You know, this is what's really missing from our society now. You know, people talk about, you know, um, we remove God from this and that and the other. But we really have. And now we want to try and fix everything with a program to try and stop it. Now that we've taken God out of schools, we found that some kids want to kill each other. And so now we got this don't bully anybody. Well, you can say that all you want to, but if you haven't taught them anything to make them give them a conscience about how they treat one another, you can't expect anything more than that. But if you tell people that's what's wrong, you get laughed off of, you know, the podium. So, but but still there is a commandment out there and people know better. They know that there's there's some right and wrong somewhere, but now that you know, society's telling them it's okay not to do good and to do whatever you want to do. People are taking advantage of that. And so God, there are general commandments of God. And they have to do with loving him and worshiping him, putting him first. Finding out what he has to say about things. And then build your life around that. You build your life around the commandments of God. The other area is the congregational commandments. So hopefully if you're a Christian, you are a part of a fellowship, a local fellowship. And these are specific to the goals of the assembly that you're a part of. There's certain regulations. All of our epistles are letters written to congregations and they have to do with your congregational commandments. Paul would say I have no greater commandment to give you but to love one another. And they would ask him about uh, eating meat sacrificed to idols and, and do what we need to be circumcised and all those kinds of things. So his answers set up the rules 
and the regulations for the congregational commandments. They are a part of congregational life and the life of every believer. And then there are personal commands. What is God speaking to your heart? And this is where people either get blessed or get in trouble. Because there will be things that God's telling them to do and they won't come tell everybody else they got to do it. You got me? And so you let the Holy Spirit talk to people <laughs> on a personal level. And, uh, you know, I was speaking with someone and in, in saying that, that uh, in, in our ministry we decided not to make any fast and hard rules about dress. In appearance. Why? Because you want people to feel welcome to come as they are. And see from that then God can start to speak to people on an individual level. On how to step it up or step it down or whatever they need to do. But you want to take barriers out of the way of people coming to worship in the house of God. And so these are things that that, that God will speak to you personally. And if you need to step it up personally then God will say that to you. You got me? And so your personal then commandments relate to how you are led by God to carry out the mandates of your relationship with him. So there are certain things that God expects all believers to do on an individual level. What's right for me as an individual may not be what he is giving to you. It's not wrong for you. But it may not be what he's giving to you at this particular time. But I'll say it this way. If it's good for one, it's generally good for the others. You got me? So there's nothing wrong with people picking up their cues from others when they see certain things. There were people that I I saw that I admired their prayer life. And God would begin to show me certain things. You know, there are certain people, if you will stay focused on on the things spiritually, there are certain things that you start to admire about other individuals. And then God will show you how you can incorporate that into your life because you want the results that it gets for them. You you know what I'm saying? And so it's always a good thing to have someone that you can follow as they follow Christ. You got me? And so that's never a bad thing. If if they are following Christ, you can certainly take their lead. So the general things are things that people know and accept as being pleasing to God. No, don't kill, don't steal, don't don't curse or swear, or use His name in vain. Those kinds of things we all know that those are general uh, commandments, and these are general lifestyle changes that we traditionally accept as ways of pleasing God. So we can get the nonsense out of our lives, so to speak. We can cut out the foolishness, cut out the fat, stop pushing the envelope kind of thing. Then we, those are general things that you can do to please God. You're going to find it's not so hard to please God as we thought. You got me? Just be kind of normal, respectful person and, and, and that becomes true for you. In congregational behavior, what are the mandates and goals of your local congregation? Hmm? Many times people are not aware that there is a vision uh, or a goal that, that is set for, for, the, for the church that you're a part of. And so your, the way you please God is to be obedient to those mandates. Attendance, 
support whether it's financial or prayer spiritual support spiritual requirements there are assignments related to the upkeep of the physical surroundings and spiritual abilities all of these are done so that the goals of the ministry and the work of the ministry will be accomplished stay focused on the fact that you are part of something and everyone has a part to play when when the the early church was formed they would lay hands on people because they said they had a part in that ministry so there is a part that you play you don't just come in to receive there's there's a role that you play and a function that you have there and so it's good to understand what that is and make sure you make yourself available so that those goals are accomplished and the work of the ministry will be accomplished for instance when we go out what we call witnessing or inviting people in that's everybody's a part of that because you never know that you might be the person that that can respond or that person will respond positively to you so that's part of it and the reason we go out together is because churches forever have told believers to do that on their own and seldom gets done and so there's sometimes you have to commit to these things even though it takes out of your personal time or whatever but but it's worth it see you fulfill the mandate that's on the 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 uh, ministry that you are a part of you're a part of that so that you can work out uh, your role in God and in his kingdom so sometimes we place a lot of emphasis on those things the congregation has a mandate by God to accomplish a certain amount of labor for his kingdom we are here because God has given us work to do for him and it's real work it's not just imaginary stuff you know auxiliary this and auxiliary that and and, you know it's it's really empowering believers to do the work of the ministry and so if, if that's a part of what you're called to do then you have to do your part this is part of your obedience to God so one of the ways you please God is to do what you're expected to do to be a functioning person part of that congregation you are a part of the body of Christ everybody has a different function the hand cannot do what the eye can do the foot can't do what the thumb can do so you have to do there be there to do your function now many times people don't like this they like the the type of church you can just drive in and and go you know and they don't keep you long you know in fact they apologize for, <laughs> for a sermon that's over 30 minutes or so i was uh uh, on the way to to uh, church in Cleveland, I guess it was last Sunday, the last Sunday I was there. But there's a church that's not far from me. It's on the the highway that leads to the you know the freeway to to get there. And uh, Rebecca was driving, and and uh, we had been late uh, because. You know, I was all organized and everything, and, and about 10 minutes before we were going to leave, we had everything packed. She pulls the vegetables out of the refrigerator. I'd never cooked them. So we're late, and I'm, you know, getting along, and by now it's like noon, and we've never been on that street at 12 o'clock. And we see all these tra- cars lined up coming out of the church that's on that street, and that service just started at 11 o'clock. 
And so, and they're, I mean, and they're honking and pushing, can't wait to get out of there. And I said, I wonder, you know, you wonder if God even showed up or had time to get in there so everybody could experience God. But that's, that's the way some people look at church. They don't see it as a way to learn. Learn to worship God, have a relationship with God, etc., etc. Oftentimes the gospel isn't even preached in some of those places anymore, so the people aren't born again. I know one thing, when you're born again and spirit-filled, you, it don't bother you to spend time with God. Yeah. In fact, that's your delight. And which brings us to the last one, that is your personal commandments. What has God told you is necessary for you to do to maintain your relationship with him? And to accomplish your personal goals. There are personal things that he's told you you must do to maintain your relationship with him. And to accomplish your personal goals. Career, marriage and family. Whatever it takes to to be successful there. That's what God will have you do in your personal commandments. It may mean spending a certain amount of time in prayer daily. It may mean a certain spending a certain amount of time studying the word, meditating on the word, and, and focusing on the things of God. Amen. So there's a certain way of life required to accomplish the goals that we have set in these areas. So this sets up what we call a lifestyle. And that is a consistent manner of living that will please God. And equip you to fulfill goals in all areas of life. Many years ago the Copeland shared this. That, that uh, they were at. Oh, I forget the, get the lady's name. She's a prophetess way back in the day. But anyway they were at a house meeting. You know uh, with her. She was a part of. I think it was Brother Copeland's ministry. She was a minister herself. And she would have these house meetings. And they were sitting there. And several other people that you would know by name. Who have large ministries there. And they were just you know students from, from uh, ORU. And stuff like that. And she prophesied. And she said well here in this room sits the next uh, group of people who will lead the next move of God. And they're sitting there looking at each other wondering who walked in and everything. And then Brother Hagen began to prophesy and tell them that if, if they would spend God told them if they would spend one hour a day in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost that that would equip them. And the ones that did it got the result of the prophecy. The ones that didn't do it, who knows where they are. But certain of them that, that, that have strong ministries now even. But they have incorporated that into their lifestyle. It's an instruction for how to keep your spirit strong so that you don't miss a beat. So that you can do what God wants you to do. So it's good to have these commands over your life. Because commandments give you direction. And direction will get you where you need to go. You won't miss a beat. And and, uh, you know when you accept God's love and desire to please him. You delight in him and you are able to respond in faith in all situations. And that's what you want. You want to be ready for everything that comes into your life so you're not overwhelmed and you're not overtaken when you respond to God in delight and you you keep your the commandments of God the way he structured your life then you are able to to uh um, come into a place 
of divine protection when you need it of revelation when you need it you need answers they will come very swiftly to you so but without this relationship of responding in love back to God our faith will not work properly it'll be cheesy it'll be holes in it you know you'll be able to get things only so far and they don't come in or you get them almost to the door and they never get in the door they collapse on you because you've lost some things you haven't really shored up your relationship with God the way it needs to be so it'll have holes in it and won't properly support our dreams Hmm? and it's easy then to let go of your dreams and let go of your goals because fear will creep in there doubt will creep in insecurities will rob us of the things God has for us and we'll have many missed opportunities and missed blessings because of this delight thing this relationship this faith works by love it doesn't work any other way we need to respond and and respect the fact that God is all consuming and it's reasonable to expect that his requirements for us would be high Mm -hmm. in other words you'll probably get 90% of it done but there's always going to be something left over for the next day (laughs) that you need to take care of you got me that's the way God is he never sets the bar low he just doesn't it's always going to be too high for us to attain but it's attainable if we realize his grace is there to help us to be able to receive that empowerment and then go out and do what God is commanding us to do and so it's good to understand that there's a certain structure to our lives that will will bring us success this is successful living is keeping your, your heart open to God and right toward him he's not shortchanged you he isn't taking anything from you he's not your enemy he's your friend God's people are your friend they're not your enemy they're your friends and so we have to understand that that God has put us in a world that is alien to us but then there's a kingdom inside that world and understanding how that kingdom functions our place in it and being prepared in God to respond to the love of God at all times and respond in love in all situations is our goal that's got to be a goal for us as believers and if we'll do that we'll have success and in you if I can tell you you walk in love you'll have peace and contentment all the time and that's worth more than money that's worth more than things I mean even when things aren't flowing in if you have contentment with God and you can expect good from him and know that that good is coming your way then you can you can be more than surviving you can be joyful in in trouble when there's trouble comes you just say oh bless God here it is (laughs) I'm overcoming it the devil can't stop me devil I'm glad you reminded me who I am Uh, and, and just go on and thank God in situations and they will turn very fast and and you'll find that the devil will leave you alone about certain things after a while you know I can remember many years ago uh, finding that scripture that says if the thief be found demand sevenfold he must return to you sevenfold and I use that scripture on everything if if I found some some dust missing in my house 
devil you stole my dust I didn't dust that who told you to touch it I mean you know I was going for it I got seven fold on everything and you know after a while he quit stealing from me so much he you know very rare do I have him just really you know up and challenge me on something you know and then that kind of thing and it's a good thing because if you understand and incorporate that into your thinking and your response when things are missing you know I made people in the ministry quit saying somebody stole something somebody didn't steal nothing the devil took that or maybe you were negligent in the way you cared for it you got me But, but don't go around accusing the brethren we don't want your stuff Huh? In fact, well, I got stuff I'm trying to get rid of that's in better shape than what you're missing. So come on now. Let's cut it out. But I found that if you didn't sin, see, accusation is sin. If you don't sin when trouble comes, you can command in the spirit that that be brought back to you. Hmm? You can make that demand. Yesterday, Chuck, I don't know how she lost her purse, but Chuck, Chuck's purse got away from her. And so she came in the office and was telling Pastor Shirley, and she said, well, Chuck, stop talking. We're going to pray. She said, your purse is coming back. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> you know, get to praying here. You know, you have to be careful about the words you release in situations because they bear fruit. You're a believer. You got supernatural faith. You want that purse to come back. You don't want to just accuse somebody and keep going. And so they uh, kept, they prayed about it. And by 6 o'clock, her neighbor had her purse, called her and told her some people were driving around the neighborhood and were looking for addresses. And she put her head out and, and asked who he was looking for. And he said, well, I have this purse I found. It's got this lady's name in it. And where does she live? The neighbor said, that's my neighbor. I'll take it and I'll keep it for her. And before Chuck left church, she had her, church, her, her purse was at home before she got there. You got me? And so God will do these things if we will stay in the spirit with things and realize who we are. And what we have. And use what we have. But your faith will not work. If you keep spewing things out. And saying this and saying that. And I know somebody got my stuff. Oh boy. Lamenting everything. It won't come back. And if you know you do that. Do like David did. He cried and bawled, booed and bawled. And he said well I think I'll encourage myself in the Lord now. huh? I know I guess I'm coming back to me. And he recovered everything. So if you recover yourself and recover yourself in the spirit you will then recover everything because God will be with you why don't we stop heavenly father we thank you for being our God our maker and our creator creator of all things and we love you for it we bless you we thank you and we honor you and we praise you Lord thank you father for being our maker our creator and our God and we adore you Lord You've done so much for us. We can't list all the wonderful things that you've done for us. And we bless you and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody wants prayer.